Paul. And I'm Craig, and I'm tall. Welcome to Small and Tall, where two best friends explore movies, franchises, and genres that wouldn't be covered on permanent good. That's it. Uh, the hens are out of the hen house. We're running wild. <laughs> we have our freedom. Surprise! Surprise! We, Dad gave us our driver's license, and we are abusing the power! So, Craig, what are we doing this month? So, we decided to intro our brand new podcast with quite possibly the strongest franchise ever. <laughs> Ever. I don't think a franchise has ever even come close to matching the the sheer force that this franchise created on our culture. Of course, we're not talking about Marvel. We're not talking about Pokemon. We're not we're not talking about any of that. We're talking about Twilight. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, Bug, what is your before we get into the movies, what is your history? with the franchise i okay i read the books around okay i read the books after i watched the movies or at least three of the movies freaking normal. So, but i read i read the books well i wasn't old enough okay i wasn't <laughs> old enough to like read the books when the movies first came out but you know they were cool movies so i still got to watch them and I was in like fifth or sixth grade while I was reading these books, and my mom made me wait to read the last one, as you'll find out why when we get there. <laughs> but my aunt convinced her to let me read it and even let me borrow her book. Yeah, so, so I have been a fan since the beginning. Yeah, I remember Breaking Dawn was the only book in our middle school library of the franchise that was eighth grade only. And I thought that was so unfair because, like, can you imagine being in, like, sixth or seventh grade, reading three books and then just being SOL to want to finish the franchise? Like, come on. Buy it on your own or have a cool aunt who will lend you her book. Yeah. Like, at that point, just, like, make the whole thing eighth grade only. Now, I do have to ask, do you like this franchise unironically? Uh, Part of me does. Okay. The little girl inside of me does. Yeah, because uh, rewatching, I'm like, this is this is rough. Yeah, because this is a lot of people. When most people tell people that they like Twilight, if somebody says I like Twilight, they always say it's my guilty pleasure. So this is the podcast where once and for all, we're going to decide: is this franchise bad? Is this franchise good? Or should it remain a guilty pleasure? Um, I have never, I've never partaken in any Twilight. No books, no movies. I'm just around for the memes, pretty much. Anything I know about this franchise is through memes. Um, now, before we get into it, this is a full spoiler warning. I think it's pretty much going to be the case for all small and tall episodes is just, we're, we're going to be covering the whole thing. So prepare to hear about the whole thing um absolutely yeah and you know what you don't need a time code because we're not stopping baby it's all movies <laughs> and if that's not your cup of tea why'd you click on this is it because you're friends with bug thank you for the listen i appreciate it um but you know stick around <laughs> okay and check out permanent good after this thanks for the plug appreciate you okay let's get into it number one Twilight. First one. 
<laughs> Let's just say, okay. How you feeling? So, overall impressions. Not the worst movie I've seen. Listen, a lot, nope. a lot of people dog on this movie like it is like the worst thing that Hollywood has ever created. Incorrect. 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 I watched Wild Hogs a few weeks ago. <laughs> I would watch the entire Twilight franchise, which is about 10 hours, before watching Wild Hogs 90 minutes one more time. So that's where I'm kind of standing so far. And you kind of just get like, so I the, I take that back. I take back what I said about never partaking in any Twilight. Um, my friend Kayla tried to get me to watch it once and I got through like 20 minutes. I got through the part where Edward stops the car accident in the parking lot. Oh. But, and yeah. and that's where I tapped out. Not for any particular reason. I just like wasn't paying attention. And the hardest thing for me to get through with that movie, both back then and now, is this whack turquoise filter that they put over the whole movie. That's the best part. Is it? It's iconic, Craig. Iconic. I just like, I I got used to it after a while. But there's, it, yeah. it takes a little bit of settling in. It certainly wasn't helping them at the beginning. No, it's it's definitely causes a rough start. But it became iconic and people were like actually genuinely upset when the other movies didn't have it. Or at least when New Moon didn't have it. Yeah, I that, remember so many people being upset. Uh, that was my first note for New Moon is this movie is already better simply because it doesn't have the filter on it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, what about you? Uh, just overall first impressions before we dive into specifics. Overall first impressions, it was an entirely different experience watching because it, it's been years since I've seen these movies. So it's an entirely different experience watching them now as a full-grown adult than it was watching them as a preteen. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, normal. Normally, we try to like give like a little bit of a synopsis before we dive. Hey, if you don't know the plot of Twilight, like even a little <laughs> bit, um, here let me break it down for you. Kristen Stewart plays Bella Swan. She just moved to a city called Wait for It Forks, and meets Edward Cullen. There's something suspicious about him. Turns out he's a vampire, and they start dating. That's the movie. <laughs> So I looked it up. Forks is a real place, by the way. Um, yeah, you can go visit. They have like the truck and everything. Oh, the truck. Well, now I got to <laughs> go for the truck. <laughs> um, now in Twilight, in the first Twilight movie, we actually meet Jacob before we meet Edward. And I, I remember so much of the late stage Twilight marketing that... I forgot that he had long hair for any point of this franchise, let alone an entire movie and a half. So it was a little weird seeing Taylor Lautner with long hair. It just, not only that, but like, they were so awkward in their interactions with each other. Yeah. Like, it was almost hard to get through their scenes together. I mean, credit where credit's due. Taylor Lautner played a 16 year old boy trying to talk to a hot person exactly um he did it well he did it almost too well yeah why did i write this note did i start the right movie because for a movie that's beginning it seems a lot like the beginning of the end 
Apparently, I thought the first act or like the intro to the movie was just like, um, oh, well, my- no, but that, but that's actually a thing, though, because in both the first and second movies, it starts with a line from the ending. Yeah. And it's just like that makes sense for like the second movie because we're already engaged. But like when it happens the first time, like I, I was a little caught off guard. Like I don't I thought I knew what to expect, but apparently I was wrong. I hate it when most right. movies do that. Like I even hate it when Deadpool did that. Like, guys, come on. Come on. Um. Also, the note that I had for Taylor Lautner specifically was he looked like Cisco from The Flash. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, you want to talk about how awkward the interactions were? Uh, Kristen Stewart does this thing when she's playing Bella where she does this like under the breath laugh. And it's not just her. Most of the characters do this kind of like (laughs) kind of thing. And I'm like, all right, stop, stop. She she even does like the Debbie Ryan tuck hair behind the ear thing a lot. Yes, she does. (laughs) To show that she's like awkward and quirky. Yeah. So there's there's so much awkwardness even before we get to like what might even be considered the meat of the movie. And I'm using the phrase meat of the movie pretty liberally <laughs> because there are two meats of this movie. And I hate that I'm using that phrase so often, but <laughs> you can look at. The one interest of the movie, which is the romance between the two of them, and that takes place for, like, it's pretty much Act 1 and Act 2. And then Act 3 is where they get, like, I don't know, an actual plot, but we'll get to that when we get there. And just, like, Bella and Edward's interactions in the science class was, like, it hurt me. It Oh, my God. If someone reacted like that to me walking into a room i would burst into tears turn around and switch schools and not even after that but like or not even that but when she sits down next to him and he just like looks at her like that meme of the dude trying to hold in a cough with veins popping out of his head he sits like that for weeks like i would turn to him and be like bro do we have a problem do we need to what and like I get it it was because Edward was trying to control himself because he wanted to like have her blood and I'm like whatever it's still awkward still hate it so going back in the movie a little bit before then I had a note about how when Jessica's like talking about the Cullens and like giving Bella the rundown and who they are when Edward's walking by is when Jessica's like no one here is good enough for him and that's the first time you see Edward smile because he's like that's right bitches yeah yeah I just remember the note that I have for that lunchroom scene is just this lunchroom is so chaotic there's just so much happening the entire time I'm like what I don't even know what we're trying to accomplish here because everybody's talking or doing something do you think the art people from Arizona supposed to be tan is a nod to Mean Girls? Oh, I mean, or uh, maybe I don't know. When, when do you think? Uh, when do you think I saw Mean Girls last? <laughs> well, there's the line: "If you're from Africa, why or how are you white or whatever?" Um, I mean, sure, yeah, sure, we can go with that. I just I noticed it, and then did you see Emmett carrying his bag of eggs? No, I Did didn't. Did you catch that? You didn't catch that? I might have, but it was three days ago. It's a 
dozen eggs in a Ziploc bag. That oh, just yes, 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 yes. I did see that. I did see that. Um, I love it. <laughs> um, okay, so now that we've been introduced, listen, the Cullen family is gorgeous. And there's also Jasper. Now, which one is your favorite? Alice, of course. Yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> Listen, how do you how do you meet the Cullen family and not walk away being like, man, Alice can do way better than Jasper? Look, 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 look. I am not Team Edward or Team Jacob. I am Team Alice, and that yes. is the only correct team. Yes, because as you'll find out through this conversation, I think. Bella, Jacob, and Edward all kind of suck for their own various reasons. So, uh, yeah, Team Alice. Team Alice and Team Dr. Dr. Cullen. I forget his name. Carlisle. Daddy Carlisle. Yes. Him and Alice are the two saving graces. I have a note that just says in all caps, Daddy Carlisle. And then he first walked onto the screen. So going back to the science room scene, when she walks in and like he leaves and tries to change classes, I'm just like, hey, bud, it's the middle of the semester. What did you expect to happen? Right. Not only the middle of the semester, it's the middle of the second semester of the year. Yeah. She starts school in March. Like. How do you, what did you expect to happen? Like, oh, yeah, there, listen, one of the students died and you, and you can take his place. Sorry. Man, I like Edward more than Jacob. I do. But sometimes, but like yes. this movie, this first movie did not do him any favors. For example. He's a drama queen. Yes. Uh, but like, cause like, he does like a, but he does like a bunch of weird stuff. Before Bella finds out that he's a vampire, case in point, him standing in her room while she's sleeping, which in and of itself, whack. Second, the way he stands there, like like with his shoulders like slugged over a little bit, and he's just kind of like staring at her like, hey, if you're gonna stand in her room, be less weird about it. I know that we've kind of already crossed a line, but like, yikes. And so... He's like I said, he's not doing himself any favors in this movie. I like the only reason I think Bella ends up with him for this movie is because she's supposed to. He's definitely absolutely a stalker and a bad liar. Like he'll like come up with a lie to explain like like why his eyes changed color. He was like, oh, it's it's the fluorescence. And then he just runs away. Like he's such a bad liar and such a stalker. Like you can't just hang out in her room while she's sleeping and then get caught in her room while she, when she wakes up. At least he, like, told her, though, eventually. But that's... I would be like, what? I'd be yeah. like, you what? Yeah, and also with her... with I'm suspending a lot of disbelief for this movie, but there's no way that when he... When she catches him in her room, she looks away for mm, a half a second... And then she looks back and he's gone. And I'm just like, but okay. But that you would still hear a door or window open and close. So listen, he's fast. He 
can't he can't delete sound. <laughs> maybe it was like the projection thing. Maybe, maybe. Um, he also does this weird thing where this is us roasting Edward. Hey, welcome to the wo- <laughs> the roast of Edward Cullen. After she tells him, I think this is after she finds out that he's a vampire. He tries to convince her, hey, it's too dangerous for you to be around me. It's too dangerous for us to be friends. You need to not be near me. And so Edward talks to Bella about this concept twice of, hey, I'm too dangerous. Don't be around me. Except both of these conversations, he comes up to her. (laughs) Hey, bud, you're the one. You started this. You're initiating this. So I don't know what to tell you. So one of those conversations happens before she knows, but when she's starting to suspect. And then the other happens, like, right after. Yeah. And it's just like, bro, you you are initiating. You cannot complain about something that you are initiating. Also, um, I want to talk about about how he's a bad liar. He's also a bad gaslighter. Um, I have a whole entire note about this. Oh, my God. Because they're in the hospital and. Yes. And um, Edward's family is, you know, talking down the hall. Bella, also a bad spy. She just like stood there. While they looked at her. Um, And so Edward goes over to her and she's like, I heard you guys talking. What were you talking about? And and Edward's just like, no, you didn't. You didn't hear us. We weren't saying anything. What do you do? You hit your head. Yeah. It's when he says you, you hit your set. Like you hit your head pretty hard. I'm like, shut up, dude. Stop that. My note says that Edward is so lucky. Bella didn't call him every name under the sun after he tried to pull that because i would have i would have said some things that nobody should hear ever leave my mouth if somebody <laughs> tried to pull that on me yeah and it's at that point where like i'm just kind of like huh maybe edward is a bad guy but then they do like the vampire reveal which let's talk about the most controversial part of this movie right the fact that vampires glitter all right and I don't have a problem with that inherently. Just like, whatever, it's what they're doing. What I do have a problem with, though, is that Edward revealed that his skin glitters by stepping into the sun, looking at Bella and saying, this is the skin of a killer. And I'm like, stop it. No. <laughs> Be like, oh, it's not very scary to me. Yeah. It's like you're going to a rave. Yeah. So just like. If, I don't know if this was a purposeful juxtaposition. It didn't work. Plot twist. Vampires are just really into EDM. Maybe. <laughs> Breaking Dawn 3 is them going to Electric Forest. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Oh, I like... Bella's responses to Edward being a jerk are always like so spot on because he's like... He was like, at one point he goes, you didn't answer my question. And she just goes, well, you never answer any of mine. So yes. Like, Why do yes. I owe you anything? Yeah. I hate that. I hate those kinds of conversations where it's like, how was your day? How was your day? You didn't answer my question. I hate those conversations. Stop that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not a big fan of Jacob. I will say 
he's the only one who's ever like up front with Bella. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's cool. Definitely. Oh, Edward says something like super so once they start dating, like officially, after he reveals that he's a vampire, Edward says something that like um he he makes a statement to the effect of like how badly he wants her blood and like how he would like give up pretty much anything to have her blood, but he wants her more than her blood, so he's willing to like control himself. If I were Bella, <laughs> I would feel so bad about that. Because, like, this dude is taking up, like, his entire, like, primary thought process to not kill me right now. It'd be like, I, I, it'd be like me, I'm trying to figure out a good analogy. It's, the best I can come up with is, like, if you have an airborne peanut allergy, but the only thing that I eat is peanut butter, and we get into mm-hmm. a relationship, and it's like, oh, I won't eat anything because of you because it'll kill you. And it's like, then you should not be with that person. Like, if someone said that to me, I'd just be like, uh, thanks? Yeah, so I, I think guess. that's whack. <laughs> okay, so right before, right before Bella is, like, searching stuff up on her computer, right? Okay, so She yeah. knows, like, after... Edward brings her home from their dinner after he saves her because he appeared out of nowhere and she just got in the car with him, you know, ignoring all of being a girl 101. Yeah. So by the time she gets to like the police station or wherever they end up to drop her off to Charlie, she knows one, Edward is super fast and super strong. He doesn't come to school on sunny days. He can read minds, and he's super cold. And yet, she still has to, like, look up what he is. Dude, that web surfing, like, scene was whack. Um, Like, how do you not just know? Like, I'd be like, this is... That was very much a scene for... That was very much a scene for the audience. Like, it was very much like, hey, if you guys haven't put it together by now, we'll help you a little bit holding our hands yeah also like i don't this is just like a general question for adaptations in general we all knew that edward was a vampire like it's like part of the trailers it's you know even before the movie came out the concept is girl falls in love with vampire so why wait until halfway through to reveal the thing answer because they didn't have anything else after that and she finds out like she figures out he's a vampire and her thought is you know what he's a blood-sucking monster let's go confront him about it in the woods away from all civilization and then he's like a real drama queen about it while she's just trying to vibe (laughs) she's like yeah you're a vampire and he's like i'm a monster and she's just like Bro, I mean, no. <laughs> so I wrote down, after that scene, I wrote down headcanon. Bella's not bland. She's just really stoned all the time. <laughs> I mean, they are in Oregon, so. Washington. Washington, that's what I said. <laughs> um. Oh, and also, the line, I hated you because you made me want you so badly, 
had the enemies to lovers people screaming. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was your thoughts on the line? Because this line is from the book. That's like um, the the lamb fell in love with the lion. That must be one dumb or like one stupid lamb. That must be one, you know, masochistic lion. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that I- line? I have a note about it, and it says, you've known each other for, like, a month. Chill out. Yeah. Yeah. This movie, their relationship just goes by super fast throughout all the movies. It's just, like, boom, 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 boom. And that line is, like, the start of that. It's, like, it's our first clue as an audience to be, like, oh, they're just, it's one of the, like, hey, he's immortal. Take your time. Uh, um, and then w- them pulling up to school together after that, and like Edward gets out of the car and he's just beaming, like yeah, business. wearing sunglasses and just like he has all the swagger in town, and all of throws like, his arm around her, and all of Bella's friends are just like looking at them disgusted, and I'm just like, guys, both of you are wrong. <laughs> Do I, I want to talk about Bella's friends for a second, because we haven't yet. One, Anna right. Kendrick has not aged in 15 years. That's unfair. <laughs> Two, Eric sucks. Three, those are all my opinions about the friend group. Mike sucks more than Eric, though. Sure, yes. Mike at least felt like a little bit more dynamic of a character. Eric was just annoying. Yeah, he's he's there for Angela. Yeah, so I have no other thoughts about the friend group. I'd be surprised if we talked about them again for the rest of the franchise. There you go. Uh, I have stuff all about the dinner scene. Well, I it's like the most awkward family meeting ever. Yeah. Like, it's everybody's just like staring. Rosalie's angry. Jasper wants to rip her throat out. They're like, is she even Italian? Well, her name's Bella. She has to be. (laughs) My big takeaway from that scene was just like, I was genuinely impressed with how accepting the Cullens were as a family. Like, they, they gave off the vibe of like, super strict about their code and just like, nobody can know our secrets. So we can't let in any outsiders no matter what. But it's just like, oh, Edward has a girlfriend. Cool. Do you want to have dinner? And I'm like, but what? So I, I, yeah, they're like, well, she knows. There's nothing we can do now. We just have to accept it, unless you're Rosalie. And then, as Edward says, just ignore Rosalie. I do. <laughs> uh, is that the scene where they break the piano, or is that in the next uh, movie, or? I think that's the, this is the this the next scene is where Edward plays her the piano and like takes her on says hold on tight spider monkey okay and they go up the trees and I want somebody to play piano while I stand at the tippy top of a tree looking out at Washington mountain views yeah sure um <laughs> I'm like this is what I want you're just like yeah. Sorry, sorry. Sure. I'm looking at my I'm looking at my notes. You can fight me in real life. Pow pow pow. Their first their first kiss got awfully hot and heavy, especially for it being right after Edward revealed that he watched her sleep. 
Yeah. And again, she was way too cool with that. She was like, oh, you watch me sleep? Let's make out. I'm like, Bella, no. Bella, no. No. No, 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 no. Edward does so many things. It's, it's, it's the Joe Goldberg effect. You can get away with a lot of creepy things if you're hot. And apparently to, to Bella, Edward is sociopathically hot. Yep. Um, Now on to the baseball scene. So, first of all, we have to address the obvious. Alice wearing baseball uniform. (laughs) I'm so gay for Alice. Um, Hey, Alice? Sup? Oh, I just thought that that I just thought that that scene was cool. Um, I really liked the moment where Edward was laughing with Emmett after they like crashed into each other because that's like the most relaxed you see Edward this entire movie. Yeah, it, it felt like a genuine family bonding moment. You know, this is the one time where they get to go out and be outside and like let loose and have fun. And watching them do that was very fun. Just watching them like hit the baseball like miles into the forest and them running after it like. It's it's a very cool scene. And now the plot gets introduced to the movie. Dun, dun. Uh this is where we see James, Laurent, and Victoria. Um we've been in we we saw a scene with them a little bit ago where they were like terrorizing a dock worker and uh there's also been this underlying mystery throughout this entire movie. Like, people are getting killed by bear attacks. What's going on? And it's been these three vampires. You know, Van- uh, Victoria, Laurent, and James. And so this is our first, like, confrontation with them between the Cullens and them. And it, they... Basically, they're like, they try to be friendly at first. Like, hey, you're vampires. We're vampires. We can just hang out, right? And the Cullens are like, "Mm, we kind of don't like you because you're killing a bunch of people. But, like, just to keep the peace, we'll say yes. And then they see Bella and they're like, oh, never mind. And they want to uh, eat Bella? Yep. They want her blood. So... Then the movie is protect Bella from these three. They go back to, um, do they go back to Forks or do they go to like Arizona? They go back to Arizona. Um, well, for, first they go back to Forks and then a whole bunch of stuff goes down. Well, I just want to say that I would pay so much money to actually see the scene of them all playing baseball together. And oh, like, sure. The Cullens against yeah. those three. Just like a seven minute so just like a seven minute web exclusive short of them playing baseball. Yeah, I'd watch that. Um so yeah. yeah I have my note is that going along with your whole this is where the plot gets introduced, the movie goes from zero to a hundred with thirty minutes remaining. Yeah, so there's um they so they take her back to Phoenix because they think that you know it's safer there they won't track them that far they do and Alice has this vision all the Cullens have like superpowers which is fun and Alice's is that she can see the future asterisk and she's like hey 
you get the crap beaten out of you at a ballet studio. It, does that sound familiar to you? And she's like, well, and Bella is like, well, I went to a ballet studio when I was like younger here. And then, you know, not five minutes later, she gets a call from James being like, go to the ballet studio alone. And she's like, okay. And Alice being like, yeah, it's going to happen. I've seen it about Bella being turned into a vampire. Like, okay. I don't know how I'd handle that right off the bat. I'd be like, um, now? Is that going to happen now? Or do, do I have some time to prepare for this? Like, what, what, what? Alice? And, and so, and, and yeah, and so Bella goes to the ballet studio she meets with james and i want to give this movie one really big storytelling credit this movie does something very well i think and it's a very common criticism for people to be like the the bad guy had the good guy why didn't he just kill them right away but this movie set up a precedent for that because at the beginning when they kill that dock worker victoria and laurent tease james for playing with his food so it's like oh he we know that he plays with his food and he just like kind of bullies humans for a little bit so we're like oh that's why bella was able to survive until edward came because james was just being cocky so Mm -hmm. i so i thought that was actually a genuinely cool piece of storytelling and the fight was cool and the fight was cool yes yes the fight, the fight was pretty dope. I felt bad for Bella being on the ground, dying. Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying to think, like, the fight scene was cool, but I don't really have much more to say about that. Um, same with, like, him sucking out the venom. Like, good for him, I guess. Mm-hmm. Way, to, way to push aside your morals for that one, Edward. Uh, and so now the movie's kind of coming to a close. Uh, Edward is like, I want to be with you, but I don't want to be with you. Stuff like that. Um, and like, Jacob shows up and is like, hey, my dad wants you to break up with your boyfriend. And then Edward's like, the wolves descend. I leave you alone for two minutes and the wolves descend. And they just think it's a joke. Yeah. So, (laughs) some, (laughs) so... Some other things, I kind of like how unsuspecting Jacob is in this movie. Like, if you didn't know this was a vampire versus werewolf movie, I feel like they did a pretty good job at foreshadowing Jacob's whole deal without, like, without like broadcasting yeah. it. Because he didn't even really know before that, like, he knew, but he didn't know if he had it. Yeah, so I, I thought that was cool. And also, this movie kind of went by surprisingly fast. Like, I was like, when they started the baseball scene, I'm like, man, we got to be like halfway through this movie by now. And we were two thirds. I'm like, "Uh, oh, okay, Yeah. And this felt very much like the first episode of a TV series. Like, if this movie would not have been good if we didn't know there was more coming. It's not. You know what? Hold on. I just want to say it's still not good. Even though there is more coming. This movie's not good. Um, It's not good, but it's not bad. And overall, I want to say one thing about Alice's power real quick. I mentioned before that little asterisk. I want to come back to that now. 
They describe her power as, I think they say something to the effect of, she can see the future, but people can still change their minds. Hey, bud, that's not seeing the future. That's just guessing. So they solidify it a little more in the next movies, but just this first movie, they like, yeah, it's like she can see the future, but it's not set in stone. I'm like, then she can't see the future. She could see the future with the path that they're currently on at that moment, like with their mindset at that moment. Yeah. There's things that they can do to prevent it. Yeah, that makes sense. I just wanted to be upset about it. But like going back to the prom scene, did Bella really think that Edward was just going to turn her right there in the middle of prom? Oh my God. This whole I was like, girl, calm down. This whole back and forth between Bella being turned or not is so frustrating. Like, we're going to be talking about it a lot. Buckle up. Um, do you have anything else? The only other thing, oh, I have two more, is that Victoria really got all dressed up just to stare out of a window for like two <laughs> seconds and not even do anything. <laughs> I love that. And yeah. then... At the end of the movie, I came to the conclusion that Edward was never, like, actually trying to hide what he was from Bella. He was just, like, trying to drop enough hints to where she'd guess on her own so that way he wouldn't get in trouble for telling her. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Overall, movie's not bad, not good. I'm, I, I, I think I'm giving this movie a flat six. That's exactly what I was going to say. Because there are genuinely enjoyable moments and there's a lot of not good moments. I don't want to say that the acting is bad across the board because it's not. And a lot of the acting criticism gets, you know, thrown towards Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson. But to be fair, I don't think the writing was doing them any favors. So I'm cutting them a little bit of slack. Yeah, and... There's like the whole thing about how Edward doesn't smile, but he does. He just only smiles for Bella. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So now with that out of the way, we're going to move on to the next one. New Moon. Hey, remember Twilight? Uh, It's that again, but with Jacob. All right. Now on to Eclipse. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, but... I, I mean that, though. It's literally Twilight again, but with Jacob. Yeah. And, like, it starts off with her, like, obviously it starts off with the scene from the ending. I'm not going to go into it yet. We'll get to that when we get to the ending bit. Well, real quick. But I just want to. Yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, but then it goes into her dreaming of being ancient on her 18th birthday. And I'm like, girl, you need to calm down. You're having a midlife crisis at 18 years old. You've been spending too much time with Edward. His drama queen has rubbed off on you. I, I didn't realize, like, watching it, and, like, but thinking about it, how bonkers it is. Like, oh, I'm now one year older than him. I'm a cougar. <laughs> drama queen. And this whole movie is like, Bella wants Edward to turn her so that way she'll stop aging and they can be approximately the same age guys it's not that deep people like even 17 year olds date 19 year olds 
Like, and he looks seventeen. He's a hundred and nine years old. He just looks young. So I think that Homegirl was stressing too much about it. Also, the beginning of the movie um, has probably the most blatant foreshadowing I've ever seen on the planet, which is them lying next to a copy of Romeo and Juliet. And surprise, surprise, the entire third act is about Jacob wanting to kill himself because of how in love with Bella he is. You mean Edward? That's exactly what I meant. That's exactly what I meant. Um, Oh, so so this was the movie where Jasper gets thrown into the piano. Um, They were they're at the Cullen's house. They're just hanging out. Bella cuts her finger and Jasper goes freaking nuts. Feral. And and Edward throws him into this thirty five thousand dollar grand piano, and I'm like, that was expensive. Oh yikes! 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 After he throws Bella into a wall, like that's a little overkill. It, yes, that is as well. But the piano is big and expensive. I and also it goes back to the whole like Cullens are the most accepting people on the planet because you know their living room just got destroyed, and they're like. Come on, Bella. Let's get you fixed up. And I'm like, you know, respect. Daddy Carlisle, you the best. <laughs> and the moment with Carlisle and Bella while he's stitching her up is, like, so tender. I'm like, this is amazing. I love you, Carlisle. And then after that scene, Edward breaks up with Bella for the rest of the franchise. We never see him again. Imagine. Imagine. It's your 18th birthday, right? And on your 18th birthday, your boyfriend explains to you in the back of the class while you're watching Romeo and Juliet his death plan. And then you go to a party at his family's house, get thrown into a wall, end up needing stitches. And then the next day, your boyfriend breaks up with you and tells you that his family is leaving town forever. And also, kind of blaming you. Straight up. Because, listen... I understand that he wanted the breakup to hurt so that way he would so that way she wouldn't chase after him. But like, couldn't have, you could have gone a little softer. He's like, it's because of you that I don't want to be with you. Pretty much like I, I, I can't be myself around you. Like, sh- stop it. Stop it. I, this whole movie, I just want to like spray characters with a water bottle. Like, no, stop it. Yeah. Edward always looks like he's about to cry when he goes to kiss Bella, and like they always kiss like they're about to nut <laughs> just from the kiss. They always kiss. I'm trying to describe a good way to say it. They always kiss like it's like they know it's their last kiss, but also they were never taught how to kiss. Yes. It's like the yes. world is ending and I'll never kiss you again. But also, I have forgotten how to kiss. <laughs> Straight up. That's exactly what it is. Because, like, they're, like, you expect them to do, like, lip biting or something like that. Like, that's the passion they're bringing to the kiss. But it's just their lips kind of, like, flapping in and around each other. And, like, <laughs> and, like the kisses with Jacob, like, kind of do the same thing. And I'm like... Was there a kiss supervisor that just told you all to do it wrong? Right. Like, do y'all just not know how to kiss? Or, like, were you told to, like, make it awkward? Yeah. 
And so um, Edward leaves and pretty soon Bella learns that like if she has feelings of adrenaline, she can like see a whisper of Edward and he will speak to her. And it's pretty much assumed that like it's actually him speaking to her, right? Like it's not just like. Yeah, it's, it's like a projection of himself. Yeah. And so the, the the big part of this movie is her trying to basically find new adrenaline highs to get Edward to talk to her more. Yeah, she's like, I, well, it'll be like, I never existed. And then he appears to her, like, all these times because he's like, don't do anything reckless. And then, of course, she does things reckless because Bella never does what Edward says. Girl boss. Uh. <laughs> And then he appears, and it's like, okay, well, neither of you are keeping your promises, so I guess it makes sense. And she does this, like, four or five times over the course of the movie. I just want to say, I'm glad Edward wasn't doing anything else. He always manages to just... She always manages to do adrenaline rush things during his free time. Because he's just like... (laughs) He's just like, looks at the watch, like, ugh. She's cliff diving. Hold on. And, and so, like, her doing these adrenaline things is where Jacob comes into play. Because she's like, hey, Jacob owns a motorcycle. We can build one of our own. Yeah, and that's where, like, Jacob and Bella start to, like, really bond and become better friends. And it's, like, honestly, it's a cool friendship. I do like their mm-hmm. friendship. And, you know, they fix the motorcycles. She, like, does something reckless to see Edward. And then... Yeah. For- He's on the motorcycle. And Edward's just like, Bella, stop! <laughs> Bella, stop it! Stop doing these things, Bella! <laughs> um, And then... And then Jacob disappears for a few days and uh, we don't know where he went. He's not picking up any calls. Like basically. He had mono, remember? Oh, but like we know that's not <gasps> what's up. And that's when we, and um, he, we come back and uh, his hair is cut and he has a tattoo and we're like, Oh, what's happening? Um, he's ripped as hell. Very ripped, yes. And this is where the meme of Jacob not having a shirt ever starts coming into play. Because it's correct. Uh, uh, Basically, they hang out a little bit more. Uh, He takes her back to his place, meets his family, and uh, finds out that they're werewolves. Surprise, they're werewolves. Um, surprise and right right before okay right before his mono with air quotes sets in they go to the movies right and they see like the movie whatever something punch can't i forgot to write it down fist punch mike yeah fist punch mike gets sick and then they're like having that seed on the stairs and then Jacob starts getting sick but while they're in the movies before Mike runs out they both have their hands on the arms of the seat towards Bella's seat which is exactly what 
happened when you, me, and your co-star <laughs> went to the movie. <laughs> It was all fun and games and uh, saying that so no wives get angry. Uh, so you'll have to whew. cut that part out. Nah. But that's exactly... No, nah, it's all staying in. No, <laughs> you could leave that in, but let them know it was all fun and games. <laughs> because that's the only thing I could think of was when we were all at the movies, the first time the three of us hung out, and that's exactly what the both of you did. And did you have a good time? Oh, it was a fantastic- I had a much better time than Bella did. Yeah. So, fellas, it worked. But I didn't hold either of your hands. Okay, no. but you held my heart, and that's what's important. Oh. <laughs> um, so, fellas, it works to an extent. Um, and that movie theater scene is also where we kind of start to get the cracklings of Jacob's manipulative personality because uh, he just starts dissing Edward and he's like I can give you so much more I want you more and I'm like maybe but like no 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 he straight up goes he goes he left you I'll never do that to you I promise I'll never hurt you like he did and then the next day he does exactly what Edward did and leaves and stops responding stops talking to her doesn't give her any answers about anything yeah so that was the scene that kind of just made me done with Jacob and I'm like oh both of these men suck um yeah but then after we find out that they're werewolves uh none of the werewolves wear a shirt but they still wear pants which means every time they phase they are going through cargo shorts. And, like, when the wolves are revealed to Bella before, like, she even realizes that it's Jacob, like, she runs home to Charlie and she's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's go hunt yeah. some wolves. Um, speaking of Charlie's dad, nope. Speaking of Bella's <laughs> dad, Charlie, overall, he's a cool guy, I think. Like... The fact that Bella has night terrors after Edward leaves for like three months and he doesn't, you know, kick her out of the house. <laughs> um, I, I, like every night that she has a night terror, at least the ones that we see, you know, he goes up to comfort her and help her. And I'm like, that's that's a cool dad move. I respect that a lot. Charlie deserved better. That's that's my feelings about Charlie in this franchise is that Charlie deserved better. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I can only imagine that the mental health professionals in Forks were uh, few and far between. So Bella was kind of on her own. Um, but there's a part, you'll, maybe you'll be able to help me give the context for this, but there's a line where Jacob says, you've been lying to everyone. Uh, do you remember what that scene is in reference to? It's in reference to the fact that the Cullens are vampires. And my note about that is that She's not lying. She's just omitting that part of the truth. Yeah. And Nobody's ever asked if they're vampires. <laughs> and when Jacob says that line, he, he says it like he's about to start listing everyone that she's lied to. And he's and he, this is the exact delivery. Um, You've been lying to everyone, Charlie. And he stops at Charlie. He only lists one person. I'm like, hey, bud, you needed at least one more. 
You needed <laughs> at least one more. You, you've been lying to like, everyone. Charlie, me, Jessica, me. like literally anybody. <laughs> I like to yeah. think that Taylor Lautner just forgot about all the other characters in that exact moment. I was like, we only had time for the one take. Let's wrap it. Go- Let's wrap it, guys. Oh my gosh. It breaks my heart that she emails Alice. Yeah. All these emails. And e- and she continues to do so even though they don't ever get received. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's it's definitely one of those like coping mechanisms and of the coping mechanisms to have. That's not a bad one. That's that's the best one she has this entire movie. Yeah. Um and again, just Alice is the best part of this movie for however little she's in it. So the cliff jumping scene is, you know, uh, Bella, you know, trying to do another adrenaline rush to see Edward. And she's underwater for a hot minute. And she's underwater. Edward appears. He's basically like fully tangible right next to her. And then Jacob come. It's Jacob, right? Yes. Yeah. Jacob comes in, saves her. And when she gets pulled out, um, I really I thought that Jacob's fading effect was pretty cool. The way he like dispersed like that into the water. That was a cool little little, little effect. Um Edwards. Did I say Jacob again? Yes, you did. No. <laughs> you want to try it again? No. This this podcast is just going to be me correcting Craig on what character names are. <laughs> Listen. Uh then Alice and not Alice that is that when Jacob and Victoria get into their little skirmish in the woods. Um, we're missing a scene with Laurent. We haven't talked about Laurent. Yeah, it's Laurent. Yeah, yeah. it's Laurent. It happens with. So no, that's that's like when Bella, the wolves are revealed to Bella is when they're running after Laurent. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then she runs back to Charlie. So that's what we skipped over. So yeah, let's... so we skipped over that scene. Laurent's accent is pretty cool, and then he dies. Whatever. Um, R.I.P. Laurent, the only black vampire in the franchise, but we're not going to get too deep into that right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so now we start entering... Th- this movie gets a plot a little bit sooner, and Victoria is in town, and she's tracking Bella because she wants revenge for killing James, and she is doing a bad job at that <laughs> because she is treated like the most powerful vampire we've met yet, and she is letting one seventeen or one eighteen year old girl just like hide, basically. Victoria, you could finish this in a night if you wanted to. Um Like you see Victoria in the water. Yeah. Like when Bella Cliff jumps, but then like Jacob gets to her like apparently like two seconds before Victoria would have or something. Whatever. And then there's a fight Alice shows up. Oh yeah. Um, Alice shows up basically like she has a vision of something bad happening. Um, they thought Bella died when oh, she jumped off the cliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Alice had a vision of Bella jumping off the cliff and she's like, well, Bella's dead. Better go check on her. Um, <clears throat> but it ended up not being the case. And there's this really tense scene between Alice and Jacob, because this is like the first time that we've had like, a prolonged interaction between a vampire and a werewolf. 
and um basically this is where the thing that we get of purpose from this scene is we learn that edward thinks that bella is dead and thus because jacob's a little rat jacob is a little rat because Harry Clearwater died, so Charlie's over planning the funeral for Harry Clearwater. He picks up the phone. Jacob picks up the phone at the Swan residence. It's Edward, and he's like, Charlie's not here. He's planning a funeral. Very obviously knowing that he's going to assume it's Bella and just ruins everything because he just wants to kiss Bella, even though he's tried to kiss her twice in that one night, and she's turned him down both times. Sorry. <laughs> that scene just gets me heated. No, you're totally valid. And so we learn that Edward's going to kill himself because he assumes Bella is dead. And so Alice and um, Bella have to go to Italy to... For the Volturi. Yeah, because the only way for vampires to kill themselves is to be killed by the Volturi. And so Edward was going to expose himself as a vampire to the mortals... So that way the Volturi would kill him. Well, he asked for the Volturi to kill him, and they said no because he had gifts, so they wanted him to join their little cult, and he said no. So since they wouldn't kill him, he was going to expose himself to the public, so that way they would be forced to kill him. And so let's talk about this for a second. When they killed James, they were like, they broke his body and burned it. Why could Edward just not burn himself? Why? Obviously, we know that fire kills them, or at the very least, destroys the body. Why could Edward have just not done that? You know? What a great question. don't ever say. <laughs> what a great question, right? What a great question. Uh, I'm gonna... Listen, I'm not one for diving into potholes, but... Uh, listen, listen, that's the only one I'm going to point out. So they drive and then fly and then drive to the Volturi. Um, the Volturi are horrifying. And also, fun fact, Apple corrects Volturi to Volt UTI. Oh, okay. What? <laughs> I tried to type it in my notes set like three times and auto corrected it to Volt UTI. Oh, <laughs> until I like forced it to not. Um. Also, Michael Sheen plays the head of the Volturi. Oh, he's so good at Arrow. He's like from the books to the screen, so good, so and good at displaying that creepiness and that eeriness and just the like. <laughs> and do you know who his character coach was for the movie? Hmm. His daughter. <laughs> there you go because yeah i was reading the trivia and it's like michael sheen had never heard of twilight before did not know what his character was supposed to be but his daughter was like i got this and like i forgot how intense the scene is where like edward's about to like reveal himself and how like last second they make it again i was like i know exactly what happens but like i am on the edge of my seat <laughs> yeah it's a it's a very down to the wire thing and even before we get to that as alice is driving like through the streets of the city 
Bella has her feet on the dash and her he- and her head in her hair. And she's like, mm, what if we don't get to him in time? And it just really looks like she had to poop. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, a- hey, Kristen, bud, I've been in that exact same position, but I was not worried about my boyfriend killing himself. Maybe she had the anxious poops. Maybe she did. Can you imagine doing, like, trying to save your boyfriend while having anxious poops? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Diapers. Diapers. Like, okay. Uh, what, do I, what do I say, Craig? What do I say? Don't let the fear of pooping your pants keep you from going on the adventure. I cannot express enough to you how this is not the first time that they've said that to me. This is... <laughs> you think I'm joking, but I'm not. <laughs> Um, and so we also meet jane during this scene there's a lot happening in this scene the art the volturi want jane or not jane um alice and edward to join the volturi because they have incredible gifts mind reading and you know for future telling kind of important stuff but they're like no I also liked how Alice kind of just like broke into the building. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But obviously they don't want to do that. And they're like, oh, well, you told Bella that uh, you're vampires. And also, we also want Bella. (laughs) And they're like, well, we don't want to give you Bella either. And so they're like, huh. Well, then we're just going to have to kill you. And then we we meet Jane and she has a power where she can manipulate people's emotions and can make them feel pain which seems a little overpowered to me but then they get into this not as cool chapel fight where basically two henchmen fight alice and edward and (laughs) they win uh edward and alice do to the pretty much and they reach a deal with the volturi of like hey if you let us go we'll turn bella into a vampire and they and they seem to be content with that, so they let them go. Yeah, because like that whole scene is they're trying their powers on Bella because apparently Bella's just built different, and none of their powers work <laughs> on her. And and that fight scene had a bunch of camera tricks that just like made me a little confused. So I was generally unimpressed by it. I think like the Volturi definitely have that like cult like vibe to them. And it was definitely, like, expressed in this scene. But once they stopped talking, I stopped caring. Yeah. And, like, when they're leading Bella out of, like, the meeting room and the group is going in there. And then you just hear people screaming because they're eating them. The people and the children without care. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then we go back to Forks. Um, <laughs> like that, no no recuperation time. No, like, hey, that was traumatic. We're just right back in Forks. And it's like, uh, Bella's like, I want you, Edward, to be the one to turn me. And Edward's like, I don't want to turn you. I don't want this life for you. And then Jacob shows up and he's like, I don't want you to be turned. And... Bella's like, well, it's not your decision, Jacob. And Jacob's like, yeah, well, it's against the treaty for vampires to bite people. And I'm like, hey, 
that's convenient to right. find out now. Like, right, like, that. that's a convenient piece of information to, like, withhold. And I liked how, was, it was this movie where, like, was it this one where they were back at the Cullen house and, like, Bella's like, let's do a vote on it. And Rosalie's, like, the yes. only person who said, Rosalie and Edward are, like, the only people who say no. Which, like, I totally understand, like, Rosalie being, like, I want to say no because I wish somebody had said no for me, you know? Yeah, and also, Bella is 18. She's committing to being 18 forever. That is a big commitment. So people saying no to that makes sense. Exactly. I, I, so I do not disagree with Rosalie's vote on no. And I kind of disagree with Edward's vote on no. I think he was doing it. He was doing it as a way to like selfishly protect Bella as opposed to like genuinely protect Bella. And then we go into this whole like, Tamlin and Pharaoh relationship <laughs> where he thinks that he's protecting her, but she wants to help. And by him protecting her, she's not able to help and it's doing more harm than good. And I'm just like, Edward, put your big boy pants on. She wants to get turned. I have a whole note on that for the next movie. So, yes. We'll get to that. So, yeah. That's all I have to say about New Moon. It's well, the and same. Then- he pops a proposal because he's like, oh, I'll burn yeah. you if you marry me. Yeah. Which, like, is to be expected, honestly. Like, they've known each other for less than a year, and she's willing to become immortal for him. Sure. Get married. Why not? Like, they knew each other for seven months, and then he was gone for seven months. Or not even seven months. Like, he was gone Three, for. He was gone for seven months. Oh, okay. I just didn't know the timeline um, of how long they knew each other before he left, but I think it was about the same. Sure. Yeah, so... I think I'm... This movie was worse <laughs> than the first one. Yeah. But not by a lot. So, I'm inclined to give this movie, like, a five and three quarters. I was, I was going to go with a five and a half. Yeah. Worse, but not by much. Now we're st- now we're kind of approaching on these movies are bad territory. Um, Eclipse is the next one. And if you thought that the whole marry me slash turn me plot point that was brought up in the last movie was going to be resolved any kind of quickly in this movie you're wrong you're wrong it's the whole movie it's the whole movie um this movie's kind of starts to like sow the seeds of discourse between the cullen family and the volturi and so there are there are newborns which are just objectively stronger than older vampires that are being turned in Seattle and they're just running loose, killing people, turning people. And the Coens are like, why aren't the Volturi stepping in on this? And they want to investigate, but they don't know if like it's within their rights. 
And then eventually the newborns come and hunt Bella and there's a fight between the between the Cullens and the and the newborns. I know it seems like that escalated quickly because it kind of did. Now, this movie is the f- is the third movie in a row to have some sort of like opening narration done by Bella. And it's also the third movie in a row where I have not paid attention to the opening narration done by Bella. Luckily, this one was short. She was just like quoting a poem or some nonsense. But like, man, this movie found what it wanted to do and stuck to it. Hey, we want to open every movie with an opening narration and a helicopter shot of some trees. You got it, boss. Yeah. I just my first note is that Edward is just so insistent on getting married and he's like I'm not this isn't happening unless you marry me like please I mean and I he's get a 17 it. year old that grew up in the 1900s exactly like I get it I do want to say uh kissing someone in a flower field uh seem it seems pretty cool these meadow romantic iconic 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 this movie it did that right um then basically uh edward uh after they make out in a meadow and edward tries to get bella to marry him again she's like no i don't wanna and he's like okay but do you want to go visit your mom and she's like, sure, why not? So they go visit Bella's mom so that way she can, like, basically have an unofficial last time seeing her, which is kind of sad. Um, while back in Washington, the Cullens are, are they hunting Victoria or are they, like, investigating the new bloods? They're hunting or Victoria. They hunt- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, yeah. Um, which had a pretty cool chasing, actually. Um, basically the entire Cullen family is chasing after Victoria and then they run into wolf territory and the wolves are now joining the chase and they're like running on the border of each other's territories. And so Victoria is basically like jumping between the two of them while being, so she's being chased by both sides of the treaty. And I'm like, all right, all right, I can get down with this. Seeing them run through the woods just always reminds me of how they filmed those scenes, like, on moving treadmills. Oh, sure, sure. It's so basically, like, it looks decent. The trees always look weird, but, like, that's just what's gonna happen when you're running at superhuman speed, I guess. But, like... Yeah, when you watch seven seasons of The Flash, you kind of get used to it. Yeah, it looks decent. But, like, it just makes me giggle thinking about how they were just, like, running on treadmills. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was a really cool scene. Um, it's It has a, it creates a little bit of tension between the wolves and the vampires, or and the Cullens, because Emmett tries to, like, take down Victoria. But to do that, he had to jump into wolf territory. And one of the wolves was like, uh, no, you don't, and tackles Emmett instead. And I'm like, okay. I understand y'all really, like, stingy about this treaty thing, but y'all are after the same goal. Exactly. If you guys couldn't see that, y'all dumb. But other than that, really cool, really cool chasing. Um, I do want to say the only note that I took 
from the scene of them visiting Bella's mom is uh, she gives uh, Bella's mom gives her a graduation present. And as she does, she says my favorite pun of all time, which is congratulation. <laughs> it's the only note I took. <laughs> that is a good one. That is a good one. And then when they get back, it's like when Edward and Bella get back to Forks, it shows them pulling up to school and like Edward is like all tense and Bella's like, what? And Edward goes, if I told you to stay in the car, would you do it? And then they both get out of the car and he's just like, of course not. Because once again, Bella does not do what he asks. Bella's a little troublemaker. And then once again, Jacob is there being like, hey, this is what's really going on. Victoria's back. Blah, 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 blah. And it leads to the fact that this is the third movie and Edward still hasn't figured out that his extreme efforts in trying to protect Bella are what hurt her the most in the end. Yeah, Jacob is like throwing Edward under the bus. Be like, oh, Edward only wanted you out of town so they could hunt Victoria. And Bella's like, is that true? And Edward's like, I did it to protect you. I know. But stop that. Stop doing that. Stop it. Uh. Stop it. Uh, (laughs) I also took a note to the effect of Jacob is just like, the ultimate nice guy tm like every time he talks to bella now it's no longer about their friendship it's i can give you more than he can i can treat you better than he can he doesn't care about you i care about you like buddy you are manipulating this woman and she's told you no more than once she's been like hey i want you in my life but not in that way so can you drop it and he's like no and it really reminds me of somebody from my past yeah and there's this this is the we enter a point in the movie where now that they know that victoria is hunting bella specifically um jacob and edward kind of come to an uneasy alliance of like when she's around Jacob, Victoria cannot track her smell because of the werewolf scent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Edward is like, hang out with Jacob so you're safe from Victoria. And that's where all this nonsense happens is, you know, Jacob's still hitting on her and still making moves on her, despite the fact that she is in a relationship, almost engaged, wants to be turned. And And he's still not happy about that. Not to mention the fact that he straight up says, I'd rather you be dead than be a vampire. Um, excuse me. If my my friend could live forever and be there for like every moment of my life, I'd be like, heck yeah, let's go. I wouldn't be like, I'd rather you literally be dead than be one of those. Like, what? Uh, Yeah. What? And you don't then say that Jacob, somebody. And then Jacob like basically makes her the same offer. Like, I can make you a werewolf. You could be part of the pack. I'm like, you're just doing what Edward is doing. It's literally a matter of whose personality do you like more because they're offering you the exact same thing. Yeah, and like when they're like about to hang out, like Edward, of course, like makes out with her in front of Jacob, and then Jacob yep. immediately like <laughs> hugs her a little and like nuzzles into her neck just for a little too long and i'm like 
Oh, no, 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 no. Let's no, let's be clear. He sniffs her. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I you know. And you can listen. You can chalk that up to oh, he's a dog. Dog sniff. Still weird. Still weird. No, I'm not letting it go. I'm not letting it go. I'm Especially choosing to not let it go. Since she has a boyfriend that she has chosen already. Yeah. And so she gets dropped off to hang out with Jacob. And then Jacob's like, so what do you want to do? You can, we can do anything you want. We can go hiking. We can go biking. It's basically your day. And, but at night we're going to a party and then it cuts right to night. We don't know what they did during the day. <laughs> uh, and we, there's a little gathering of um, all the werewolves and they're telling the elders are telling a story. All, all the werewolves in this franchise, if you're not aware, are Native American. And um, I was looking through the trivia, and if that's to be believed in IMDb, is that the director, when casting the werewolves, they all had to show, like, documentation that they were Native American to, like, make sure that they weren't just casting people and saying that they were Native and they weren't. Which, I, you know, I appreciate that effort. I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, so they're... Um, the elders of the of the pack are telling this story of like a few like a bunch of generations ago um we lived we lived in harmony with the vampires until one day the fire nation attacked <laughs> um, now they tell a story about how a vampire attacked their tribe and the chief of the tribe tried to take her on by himself he was losing the fight so um, the chief's wife, who was not a werewolf, stabbed herself so that way the vampire would be attracted to the human blood and give the chief the advantage that he needed to take her down. And my big takeaway from that was she did know she didn't have to stab herself in the stomach, right? My big takeaway from that was foreshadowing. Yeah, big, big foreshadowing. But she stabs herself in the stomach. And I'm like, hey. You didn't have to do that. A finger would have done. The yeah. palm would have done. Like, <laughs> and the elder is like, she was not magical, but she did have one power. Uh, like, she did have one power. Courage. And I'm like, wasn't smarts, though. She did not have smarts. <laughs> I think that it's just really cruel for both sides of the conflict vampire shapeshifter wolves to like constantly try and win Bella over with horror stories and ultimatums. Yeah. When, like she said, she wants to be Switzerland. She wants to be neutral in all of this. Yet they're still just trying to play the games of manipulation. Yeah, it's straight up like hey, this is not The Bachelor. Um, She she can make her own decisions and you guys don't need to be fighting like children and because Jacob tells a story of, you know, vampires and werewolves in the first movie. And then she's given an ultimatum in the second movie. And then they're telling another horror story for this movie. Like guys, I it, it's the problem. It, the problem is that they're always dunking on the other side, right? Nobody is giving Bella the full truth. Exactly. So this is the movie where I realized that both of them were bad. Like 
for the last movie, like in New Moon, I was still pulling for Edward just like in general because I'm a sentimental person. And since he's the first person that they that she like started dating and started talking to, I'm like, all right, she seems to be connecting with Edward. I don't want her to leave Edward for Jacob. But then I saw this movie and I'm like, wow, you both suck. Well, yeah, it goes from that scene where they're like, you know, talking about all that stuff with the history and everything. And then Jacob is like trying to convince Bella that she's in love with him, even though she's been like, uh, no, not really. And then he just straight up kisses her. I like, I would have, I would have broke my hand too. Yeah. Sprayed my hand. Yeah. Um, Bella punching Jacob was pretty metal. Um, I pretty metal. Yeah, I appreciated that. I respect that. I've so like Bella and Emmett like have like a little like banter like while Carlisle's wrapping her hand. Yeah. And I just I love Bella and Emmett's like friendship so much because like they're just goofballs with each other. It's instead very it brother being, sister. Like, constant, yes, instead of it just being like constant seriousness like it is with most of the other characters like Bella seems to like actually relax when Emma is there. Yeah, and um she has a really good scene with Rosalie too. Um the, the we get a scene where she's like we understand why she's so s- stubborn and against her, uh Bella becoming a vampire and why she's so just like grumpy most of the time. It's cuz hey, she was sexually assaulted in public. And was left to die. And turned against her will. And, you know, we could argue the ethics of that. Like, did Carlisle have the authority to do that? Probably not. Was he acting in, in like, was he, did he think it was the best thing to do? And he was just trying his best? Sure. But. Right. But, he thought he was helping. Should be said. But that scene, I actually really like that scene. It really, for lack of a better term, humanized her. Yeah, and I, it, she's such a badass for taking revenge on her assaulters. And, like, it makes her stance on everything way more valid and way easier to, like, actually understand. And, like, this is, it took three movies (laughs) for us to finally get to the movie where they tell the backstory of the other siblings. Yeah, just like the the part where she's like, I saved the main guy for last, so he knew I was coming. I'd be like, all right. <laughs> all right. Hell yeah. Um, now we're... Uh, the next scene that I've written down is the graduation scene. The So the whole, like, schedule for this movie is um, Bella wants to be turned after she graduates, because that's really close to before her birthday and she doesn't want to be another year older than Edward. And they wanted to, and she just like, let me finish high school and then I can be a vampire. And so this is the graduation scene. This is kind of like where all this, so all this time is about to start being put into motion. And Jessica gives, I'm going to be honest, a pretty cool valedictorian speech. Like, uh, it was pretty on the nose as far as like, hey, we're talking, this speech is for Bella to reflect on her actions. But if that wasn't there, pretty good valedictorian speech. A pretty good valedictorian speech. Not as like cliche as most valedictorian speeches or anything. Yeah. 
So props to that. Also, maybe it's just, I don't know, maybe because they just haven't talked about her as a character. Would never have pegged Jessica as the valedictorian. Uh, maybe it's just because she was the prettiest. But that's, you know, that's Hollywood, baby. And then... And then the action starts. So the newborns are coming. Um, and with the help of Victoria... And they're going to, and Alice has a vision like, hey, they're going to be here in four days. We need help. And so they, the Cullens broker a treaty or not a treaty, but a truce with the wolves. Like, hey, we're, we're trying to protect Bella. You're trying to protect Bella. Let's protect her together. So Jasper trains the wolves to fight newborn vampires because they're stronger. And Jasper has the most experience with newborn vampires because back in the Civil War, he trained them to fight for the person that turned Jasper himself into a vampire. So he knows newborns back to front. Jasper, like, finally getting his spotlight was, like, such a good scene. Because, like, he's just, like, this quiet, weird, given weird vibes, weird looks in the background character because he's the newest and can't control himself around the humans, whatever. So he's just always like trying to focus on holding himself back. And then in this scene, we just get to see his actual personality. Yeah. Yeah. This was the turning point for me in liking Jasper. I liked Jasper more after the training sequence. Also, the training sequence was fun watching them, you know, kick each other and punch each other and kiss each other and like the vulturi it shows that the vulturi are aware of the newborns right and they just don't do anything about it they're like let's see where this goes and that's like the perfect depiction of a government yeah is we're aware of the issue but we're gonna see how it plays out and when it gets really bad or after they solve it for us then we'll step it because jane has a line jane is the one that's like overseeing she's the one that's like basically like observing them and she says we can either let them do what they were created to do or we could end them and I'm like, well, it kind of seems you're leaning towards one direction already, Jane. Mm-hmm. And after the training, they're like, we need to get Bella. This is my least favorite part of the movie. They're like, we need to get Bella away. So we need to take her to a campsite so they don't smell her. And we need to take them. We need to take the newborns to this field so we have the advantage because they won't see the wolves. And... That's all fun and games. And then the night before the big battle, or two nights before the big battle, um, Edward and Bella are spending the night together. He proposes to her again. And um, she finally accepts. Um, They almost sleep together, but then don't. So whatever. Um, Well, Edward's like real dedicated to his we gotta be married first even with her, like, throwing herself at him. And I love that that scene happens right after Charlie tries to have the sex talk with Bella, and Bella's like, look, dude, I'm a virgin. And then Charlie's just like, oh, well, I'm liking Edward a little bit more now. Yeah. Um, So that scene happens, and then it's the day, or it's the night before the big battle. Um, So Jacob takes, Jacob has to take Bella up to the campsite instead of Edward. Because to help mask the scent 
And then when they're up there, Jacob's like, no, I'm going to stay up here too. Um, and so the three of them just share a tent on the top of a Washington mountain with it snowing and stuff. And because Jacob is a wolf and wolves are notoriously warm, I guess. And Bella runs cold, I guess. Um, she doesn't run cold. It's just freezing on top of a mountain in the middle of a snowstorm. She should have packed better. Um, Jacob cuddles her all night with Edward watching. And so Bella falls asleep. Jacob and Edward have this like weird moment together where they recognize each other as like being in Bella's life, but they're still not like over each other. And I'm just like, okay, guys, just kiss. Let's get it over with. Did you have any notes on that scene? Cause I just didn't like it. <laughs> Um, I have that he's like, Jacob is just a major cockbock, and then like, if I were Edward, I would have made him put on a shirt if he was gonna be <laughs> snuggling Bella, <laughs> and that they're both just like constantly petty, and like before that scene happens, we get the scene of like the newborns coming out of the water, and that. It's such a cool scene, in all honesty. But I hate that Victoria always has other people doing her dirty work. Like, she <laughs> sent Laurent, and Laurent got killed. Now she's creating an army. Like, bro. Yeah. If she created someone to create an army, so she wouldn't have to. And then in the morning, after that awkward night, Jacob gets out of the tent to leave. Uh, and as he's walking away... Edward is like flirting with Bella and like, I'm excited for you to be Mrs. Cullen. And Jacob is in earshot and he goes, what? You, you, you guys are, you guys are going to be married. You guys, you agreed to marry him. And that throws him on a temper tantrum. And Jacob says like, he's going to go kill somebody or something and all this stuff. And Bella's just like, no, no, no like de desperate. The thing that he says is I need to go kill someone or go let something kill me. And I'm like, ah, the manipulative side has returned. Make her feel so guilty for your own actions. <laughs> so then Bella gets all, you know, desperate. And it's like, oh, I told him that we agreed that if I said he could kiss me, then he could kiss me. So she's just like, kiss me, kiss me, don't leave, just kiss me. And then they have this intense kiss scene. And I'm like, why? 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 You two-timer, Bella. Why? Yeah, Bella is just as bad as both of them. And it's for that scene. It's for that scene. She, like, is like, no, I want Edward. But then she, like, will snuggle up to Jacob and be all close to Jacob and be like, no, I don't want you out of my life. And da 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 da, -da. And it's like, girl. But then, like, after the kiss, she, like, walks up to Edward and she's like, so I love this other dude. But, like, I love you more. And he's just like, I know. <laughs> this cocky bastard. It's just like, I know. Um, And so then we follow Jacob down to the field where the fight is happening. We see them fight for like 90 seconds. Uh, and in this. Jasper just clotheslining heads off. Yeah. Which is the fight scene is cool. I just wish it was longer. Um, but the big takeaway from this scene is that Carlisle and his wife, Esme, uh, basically like they corner this newborn, but she doesn't fight back. So 
they spare her, which is important for later. And that's ba- and then they keep fighting others, which is cool. There's cool stuff happening. But we cut back to the campsite where Victoria and her second in command, Riley, 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 yeah, um, are there. And they're like, we followed your scent anyway, even though we ga- even though you had a plan to hide it. Um, well, they followed Edward's scent. They caught Edward's scent. Yeah. And we're like, oh, he's not on the field, so he's got to be with her. Um, so then Edward fights them. Oh, there's another wolf with them, by the way. A wolf name. It's Seth. Yeah, Seth, who we have not mentioned. And the movie has only mentioned once or twice. So in my head, he's just a wolf. Um, it's Bobo Stewart. Put some respect on it. Okay. uh yeah so seth fights riley while edward is fighting victoria this is a cool fight scene and then the same thing happens where um riley is beating seth and victoria is beating edward and uh bella is like wait a minute i remember so she takes i guess a sharp rock and uh cuts her arm lets her arm bleed victoria is like oh i want that blood and uh edward is able to decapitate her and then seth is able to kill riley yeah pretty much (laughs) um no so um it took took three movies to kill that trio of vampires yeah that we met in the first and 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 we only killed two of them, cause, cause well, I mean, like the wolves killed Laurent, but like justice for Laurent, he did not. He hardly participated in the movie he died in. Um, right. But the others, so they go. Everybody reconvene. Yes, the people from the campsite go down to the field, and. There's one last newborn that they missed and starts attacking one of the wolves. And Jacob is like, I got to save them. And so he attacks the newborn, but the newborn gets the better of him and basically shatters Jacob's entire right side. And while he's aching and groaning, uh, they're able to kill the newborn. It's no big deal. Um, and then the Volturi show up and they're like, oh, the Volturi are here. We got to get the wolves out of here. So they leave. They take Jacob to Carlisle's clinic. And then there's this scene with the Volturi that's like, oh, you fought newborns. You shouldn't have been able to win. And Carlisle's like, we got lucky. And they point to the girl that they saved during the fight. And they're like, oh, or the one that they spared, rather. It's like, oh, so it seems that you missed one. And they're like. She didn't fight back. We take responsibility for her. We trust her. And they're like, Volturi don't take second chances. And then just kill her on the spot. Which, how awful. How awful. Because this this girl is like 17. You know? Like, she's a young person. And Mm -hmm. who, like, just got recruited for this army. And (sighs) you feel bad for her. You feel bad for her. Um... Also, I didn't know until this movie, Dakota Fanning plays Jane. 
which is cool in and of itself. And also, the first movie, the first movie that she was in, came out when she was fifteen. Hey, shout out to shout out to Dakota Fanning for playing such an intense part as a teenager. Mad respect. Straight up, mad respect. And also. I'm upset because I am now invested enough in this movie to where I recognize Jacob in his wolf form based on the color of his fur. <laughs> Didn't think I'd get to that point, but here I am. When I first saw him transform, I'm like, huh, he's like an orange color. Wouldn't have expected that from like essentially like the wolf we care about the most. I thought they would have gone with like a gray or a black. But now every time they're in wolf form, I'm like, yeah, hey, there's Jacob. Hey, hey, Jacob. Um, yeah, that, so they go back to Dr. Carlisle's clinic. Um, they, oh, the Volturi are like, I see. Oh, no, they're back on the reservation. Okay. So, um, so they go back to the reservation. Carlisle sets Jacob's bones. Like, he's through the worst of it. It's all good. This is when I started to tune out a little bit. <laughs> I, the movie was over. Yeah, for, for the most part. So, like, they get in there, or Bella's there, and Jacob's screaming as his bones are getting reset, and then Carlisle comes out and says, the worst of it's over, he's asking for you, Bella goes in there, Jacob manipulates her again about her feelings for him, because uh... she's like, look, I do love you, but I don't love you as much as I love Edward, so give it up, and he's like, I, I need time away from you, but know that I'll always be waiting for you to change your mind, and she's like, just until my heart stops beating, and he's like, maybe even after that. Because he's a drama queen. Yes. And then Bella leaves. Is there anything else? Well, we also, like, find out that, like, Bella has other motives for wanting to be a vampire than just, like, wanting to be with Edward forever. Like, that's her main motive. But her other motive is just, like, you know, typical main character. I've always felt like I was different. I've always stumbled through life and like being with you guys is like the most normal I've ever felt and like this is like why it's my decision and yada yada yada. Yeah, so it's like have to be with Edward and then have to be a part of the vampire world. Which like fair. Yeah. And then they're And then they're like we have to tell Charlie. And that's how the movie ends. Um so we're about as halfway through this series as we're gonna get and hey a little peek behind the curtains we're gonna do two separate recordings for this because it's been 90 minutes and we haven't gotten to this other two movies yet and so um i just want to say oh we i need to give this movie a rating i think this goes back to a flat six i think this goes back to a flat six personally i give this one a 6.5 because i like it more than the other two okay just by a slim margin but I feel like its pacing is better than the others. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, so before we get into the last two movies, just a general check-in. But like I said before, movies are not awful. Like, I would not have seen these in theaters unless I was on a date. But, like, I am not regretting watching these movies. It's very much like a... Um, I don't want to say it's cultural misogyny. But, like, it's pretty close. I agree. I also want to say, I cannot imagine reading these books. These books sound boring as hell. The books are, in typical fashion, 
the books are better than the movies and Bella has a way more personality in them and like Dude. Edward isn't just like but, this like in- like he's intense but he's not that intense. Bug? Bug? Yeah. I am already yeah. reading a five book <laughs> series because of you. I am not I repeat I am not also diving down this well. I don't expect you to. I'm just saying, you're like, I can't imagine reading these books, and I'm just letting you know that they're better than the films. All right, moving into Breaking Dawn, let's wrap this puppy up. Um, (laughs) Unintended. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't even think about that. So Breaking Dawn, both of them, are kind of like... Hey, remember everything that's been happening for the last three movies? We're going to kind of ignore that and just kind of do something else. Um, like, so I the, I was listening to the first half of this episode while I was editing it. And I'm like, so many of the iconic things from this franchise were just kind of like dumped to the wayside. You know, like, this is such a super nitpicky thing. But like, Bella's truck ended up being like super iconic. Not seen once in the, in the last two movies. Uh, Jasper could have been cut from the last two movies and no one would notice. Did, did you notice like how different Jasper's personality was like in these two movies compared to the others? Like he was like this broody, like have to stay away from Bella because I want to eat her. And then in this one, like during the wedding, he's just like super chill, like joking around with her and all this stuff. And I'm like, it's been like, four months since we last saw them what changed so quickly i have no idea i think jasper was just done dirty this entire series and i don't know if it's the writer's fault or what have you but (sighs) whatever it was whatever um (laughs) so the first breaking dawn movie i think is my least favorite of the five um because Nothing happens. It's just plot progression for the second part. That's all it is. Yeah, it's... It's the... It's the Order of the Phoenix of the Twilight movies, which is fine. But, like, you have to remember, Order of the Phoenix was the fifth of eight, not fourth of five. Right? Like, we had a lot... We had a lot of time for Order of the Phoenix to pay off. Um... And so, like, I'm 40 minutes into this movie, and I'm like, hey, all that these two have done is gotten married and had sex. That's that's 40 minutes of the movie. When this came out in theaters, this was Breaking Dawn was the first were the first two movies that I saw in theaters because I was like old enough to see them in theaters, you know, and I was sitting in between my mother and my aunt. (laughs) for quite possibly the horniest twilight movie yes and i was 13 so i'm just sitting there like with my eyes kind of cast down peeking up at the screen every couple (laughs) minutes or couple seconds and i'm like oh god i remember i had a similar experience my dad took me to see um the first kingsman movie and which is fine. Like, you know, like, again, I was like 14 at the time. So I was, I was old enough to like watch most of that movie, except the final shot of that movie is just like him going down on a girl's butt. And so like, 
And so the movie is just girl's butt lights come up and I have to look at my dad and I'm like, huh, well, that was a movie we watched. We're not going to talk about that part. We're going to ignore that that part happened and we can talk about everything else. Yeah. And so I I don't want to rehash the entire plot for these last two movies. I kind of just want to make this because so the wedding scene is quite possibly the worst wedding scene I have seen in any movie ever. Because, which, like, the wedding in and of itself is fine. The ceremony is cute. It's beautiful. But the the reception. Oh, God. It made me want to die. It was the worst. The wedding speeches made me want to curl up and... So, do you remember in Eclipse when we were, like... Wow, Jessica is like really well spoken, and this valedictorian speech was a lot better than we thought it was going to be. And then we cut to this movie where she gives a maid of honor speech, which was, I'm gonna say, barely English, and m- made my skin crawl. She just sounded like a jealous woman. Like she was, just yeah, jealous. Like I don't, I don't want to call her any names, but the names are there. And everybody knows yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it's like Edward and Bella have been together for like a year and a half at this point, And Jessica is still not over the fact that Edward chose her. And I'm like, Jessica, chill. Chill. You aren't, you aren't even in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you have five minutes of screen time. Get over yourself. Yeah. And then we meet new vampires or, like, new members of the Cullen clan that, like, are not relevant for the rest of this movie. Yeah. And they're just introduced. Yeah, we meet Laurent's widow, which didn't know Laurent was in a relationship. Exactly. And so, and so, like, the fact that she's, like, standing off to the side, like, not wanting to interact with anybody because werewolves are there. And I'm like, first of all, valid that she doesn't want to interact with werewolves. There's, like, a natural nemesis there. I understand that. But then it's like, what they did to, La- what they did to my husband, Laurent. I'm like, your husband who? Your who, Laurent? What? How come this is the first time I'm finding out about it? How come you let your husband run around with two other, I'm going to say, psychotic vampires, and you were just cool with it. For real. Like, he was doing Victoria's dirty work, and that's why he died. So, I think, listen, and her name was something stupid, too, like Lyra. or Irina. Irina. Yeah. And so, I'm just like, hey, bud, you do not get to come in at the fourth movie and start complaining, okay? You needed to be here for movie two at least. At least. So, and then after that, um, Bella goes outside and she does this interaction with Jacob. And, like, Jacob has been gone for a while, which I don't think it's really ever clearly expressed why. Or if it is, it was, like, super brushed over. And so Bella is like, oh, my God, you're back. Now the night's perfect. I have everyone I care about here. And I'm like, he was gone? Well, in the, in the opening scene of the movie, it's him running out of the house and dropping the wedding invitation. And he's mad about that, so he leaves. And he's been gone since the invitations were sent out. What a drama queen. <laughs> 
Oh my God. Like he knew this was happening. That was, that invitation was not news to him. No, they talked about it literally in the woods in eclipse. So they do this weird, like dance between the two of them and Jacob being Jacob, he gets a little too protective and a little bit manipulative. And Edward like kind of steps in just like, Hey bud, you're crossing a line here. Um, and then the wolves have to like hold him back or something like that. Dude, I was over Jacob. Jacob's done. Whoops. Ignore that. That wasn't me opening my phone and having to TikTok be my last screen. Shut up. <laughs> no, I was definitely over Jacob in this movie for 90% of it. Oh, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned so I forgot about this during the opening scene I think this movie has the fastest shirt to shirtless ratio <laughs> in any movie literally ever not just in this franchise where it's a meme but just in general because the opening shot of this movie after the stereotypical helicopter shot is Jacob running out of the house and taking his shirt off we are under a minute here boys and he is bare chested. <laughs> like and, they are really living up to the stereotype. And Jacob's favorite thing to do as a character is to say something really cryptic while he's like turning away from whoever he's talking to and the camera zooms in on his face. Uh, yeah. I Dramatic effect. Yeah, definitely was not a fan of that. And then Bella has another line <laughs> as they're getting ready for the wedding, which was like a cute scene. I liked, you That's know, Alice, Alice and Rosalie doing her like her hair and makeup and Charlie and her mom come Renee. in and talk to her. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. I just <laughs> didn't want to be wrong. Um so they come in, they have a cute little scene, and then her and Edward talk for a second. And as they leave for the night, Bella says to him, I'll see you at the wedding. I'll be the one in white. And then it cuts to a dream that she has about the wedding where everyone is wearing white. And I'm like, hey, I don't know if this was supposed to be good juxtaposition, but it wasn't. <laughs> but like, you gotta have that awful nightmare where all the people you love are dead and killed by your soon-to-be husband oh yeah 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 it's the stereotypical you know marriage trope you get you get cold feet you know you have second guesses you have the death nightmare it's all par for the course uh then they get then they get married and they go to an island called Island Esme or Isle Esme or something like that, because Carlisle bought it for Esme. And that's when I realized I don't know how Carlisle got money because I understand he's a doctor, but like doctors don't make Island money. You have to think he's the oldest of their little clan. So he's been around for a while for the money. Yeah. Maybe he just, like, did some really good um, Wall Street investments. <laughs> I mean, you're around that long. You have to strike it good at least once, right? Just, like, law of, infinite, law of infinitely high numbers or something like that. Something. Uh, so they go to this 
resort and hey they bang here they do it they destroy the bed oh yeah stereotypical superhuman strength sex scene like that scene <laughs> in in like Jessica Jones where like her and Luke Cage destroy her bedroom same thing same same character different fonts um and then, believe it or not, after they have sex, Bella gets pregnant. And we have now entered the rest of the movie. Okay, okay, okay. The first thing on my mind when I'm like, oh, crap, I'm on vacation. I'm in this place where I've been swimming in unfamiliar waters. I'm, you know in an entirely new place I've never been before and I'm throwing up, my first thought is not, oh no, I'm pregnant. My first thought is, oh no, I have a tapeworm. <laughs> Which she kind of did. She kind of did. And so they, and to show that she's pregnant, like kind of during the reveal scene, she turns to the side and like holds her stomach in the mirror. And I'm like, I don't know if you think that she's showing right now, but she's not. I don't know, like, it's one of those things where, like, listen, I I, I was suspicious at first, because I'm like, you guys were here for, as they so diligently point out, 14 days. If you were pregnant, you would not know by now. <laughs> and it, it took a long time before they're like, oh, yeah, vampire babies grow at an accelerated rate. Like, it was... Yeah. A decent amount of time after that to where we just think, oh, Bella just goes through an entire first trimester in 14 days. Yeah, because then it's like when Jacob shows up, they've been home for two weeks and she's eight months pregnant. She, Jacob comes home. They've been back or Jacob goes to visit them. They've been home for another two weeks. And with all due respect. Bella looks like a recovering heroin addict. Straight up. Like, bags under the eyes, gray, wrinkly skin, and I'm like, this is how I know this baby's gonna kill her. Like, right now, we have another hour of movie to go, and I know this baby's gonna kill you. <laughs> the biggest problem that I have with this movie is there's just so, there's so much of this takes place in the Cullen household and nothing happens. Like after she gets back, the biggest thing that happens between her coming back and the baby being born is Jacob leaves his clan or right. Is that what they call it? Pack his pack. They, Jacob leaves his pack. And that's a thing that takes five minutes, 10 minutes and Leah and Seth join him and then they like set up defenses because the wolves want to take the baby from Bella and it, it felt like a it felt like when I describe it to you it sounds like a lot happened but in the moment it's like oh it's been 45 minutes and Jacob left his pack and Bella drank some blood and now we're about to go into the finale Craig can we talk about the wolves communicating telepathically. Yeah. How awful that scene is. They haven't done that before. Usually it's Edward 
talking for them because he's always there when they're in wolf form or whatever because Bella's there and he's there to protect her or whatever. But this is the first time that we see them around each other talking telepathically. And it was not good. It was... Are you talking like in the lumber yard? Yes. Yeah, that was... That was weird because, like, they do this, like, weird power dominance thing. This is the scene that reminds you, hey, these are not werewolves. They're just big dogs because Sam does this thing where, like, he, like, gets all up in Jacob's face as a wolf. And Jacob gets real submissive and, like, puts his nose in the ground and, like, does that, like, downward dog yoga pose. And then Jacob's like, no, F this. I'm going to get up in Sam's face. And then Sam does that downward dog pose. I'm like, is this the whole scene? And then Jacob runs away. And I'm like, oh, I guess that was the whole scene. And also, like, when Bella was, like, when they were, like, preparing to give Bella the blood because they were like, oh. The baby's craving. Maybe that'll help. Like, Bilal just goes to fit in, like, a regular glass. And the entire time, I was like, <laughs> I was like, can I at least get a straw? And then Edward comes in clutch with the styrofoam cup and the straw. Yeah, for sure. And they're like, here, this should make it go down. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, this should make it go down easier. And I'm like, huh, you're right. It should make the blood go down easier. <laughs> uh, then they do... A final fight scene, kind of, not even, where, like, the wolves are trying to break into the Cullen house while Bella is giving birth. Yeah. Did you notice? Okay. The Probably birth, not. The birth scene, backtracking, the birth scene is honestly so hard to watch because, like, it's the most, like, body horror that there is in movie and i'm already terrified of pregnancy in general personally yeah so seeing edward literally bite this baby out of her stomach oh yeah this scene is entirely red like uh rosalie gets red um edward's entire shirt gets red his arms get red the baby is entirely red and then it and then after Edward removes the baby, they do like this like bird's eye shot of Bella laying on the table, presumably dead. And you know, like and then like her uterus is like it's like bleeding like there's a like, blood mark right where they like cut her open. I'm like, okay, cool. This is this sucks. This sucks. <laughs> this was awful. Uh, and did you did you notice that their venom is sparkly, just like their skin? Yeah, I he pulled out the vial and it's like this is my venom and I'm like one, why does it look like that? Two, how come we're just now learning that you can extract your own venom? Yeah, they waited. They waited. A, they waited a little bit for that. And we can. I, I think I need to. Do you have anything else to say? Because I really don't have anything else. Just uh, so Bella being prepped for the, her funeral because she's still dead and. Nobody knows that she's actually turning internally. That was dummy, and it looked way too lifelike. It was kind of <laughs> uncanny valley. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, and before we wrap up Breaking Dawn proper, we we have to mm. we have we have to talk about Renesmee. 
just like as a concept. Because like on paper, the, the idea is cute, right? I was playing around with our mom's names. Cool. And, and then when you say it out loud, it's like, I was playing around with our mom's name and it ended up being Renesme. Wow, that has a bad mouth feel to it. Never mind, let's move on to the next one. Okay, but why wouldn't you go with your dad's names and name the child Carly? What a great question. Oh, he had like a, didn't, she said she had a boy's name picked out and it was super normal. Edward it was a, Jacob. EJ. Yeah. Edward Jacob. What a super normal name. And then it's like, if it's a girl, I'm going to mess her up so bad. <laughs> And then also, let's. although I do want to talk about Edward Jacob, hey, I would not, if I was Edward, I don't know if I'd be okay <laughs> with my child sharing the name of the man who manipulated my wife for a year and a half. Jacob stopped the other pack from attacking the baby. Yeah, but it's one of those things where Jacob keeps doing just enough favors for Bella to where he thinks he can keep being bad to her. It's like, oh, I saved your life three times. Now let me continue to manipulate you. And I'm like, hey, I appreciate you helping Bella. Obviously, like we could not have done this without you. Get it together. No, Get it together. I, what was the rule that happened that stopped the pack from attacking? Oh. <laughs> Hey guys, um, this is Craig here, host of the film podcast Permanent Good and Small and Tall. If you've ever wanted to watch a movie where you visibly watch a character fall in love with a baby, allow me to point you to tw the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1. Because they go out of their way to make it really apparent, hey... This 18-year-old man looked at this unborn child and had a Jimmy Neutron brain blast about how, oh yeah, I'm going to be in love with this child. D to say it made me uncomfortable, he's only 17. I am at a loss for words. <laughs> I... I, I'm giving this the lowest rating of the whole franchise. This is getting a flat four. Like, <laughs> this movie is not good, and no amount of hot vampire Kristen Stewart sex scenes can redeem it. Amen. Agreed. What about you? I, I'm going to give it a four as well. This is definitely one of my least favorites of the franchise. I'm surprised we were able to talk about it for more than 10 minutes, if I'm being honest. <laughs> All right. For the final movie, Breaking Dawn Part 2. I actually have so few notes for this because I don't think I could write down truly what was in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Listen, if you've listen to any of our podcasts before if you've listened to any permanent good you should know that i'm a sucker for finales 
uh, like chances are I will like your last thing the most because I love emotional payoffs. I love seeing characters. I love seeing like stories of characters wrap up. This movie didn't do that. This movie didn't give an emotional or like action climax. And you're like, but what about the no? No. And you know why? Because, because, okay, for, let's start from the beginning, right? The beginning of the movie starts with Bella having turned into a vampire and thirsting for human blood. They go on a hunt and she acquires the scent of human blood and decides, no, that's not for me. And Edward is like, wow, even full-grown vampires can't control their thirst like that. I'm proud of you. And I'm like, thanks. You've said that to Bella more than my dad has said it to me. <laughs> and that's a lie. My dad has said that to me more than once, I think. Um, and then Bella finds out that Jacob imprinted on Renesme, and almost rips his head clean off. Deserved which it. like deserved and she does th i think honestly that scene has the best acting from Kristen stewart in the entire franchise i don't know what it is about like people yelling that gets you know film bros so ready to like yes that's the definition of acting but like Kristen stewart doing it i'm like yes tell him tell him and it's just, there's a lot going on with Renesmee. Like, Renes because she's a vampire and half human, she grows up really fast. So she's like a second grader by the time anything important happens. And uh, they're out catching snowflakes, I guess, when Renesmee jumps really high into the air and is seen by the vampire by the widow of Laurent, you know, the setup vampire we met last movie, she's back. Uh, and she's like, Oh, they turned a child. I have to report this to the Volturi. Hey, remember the Volturi? Because we, we kind of forgot about the, the movies kind of forgot about the Volturi. Um, and they just like, so she goes to the Volturi and the Volturi are like, all right, we'll mess this kid up. We got it. And the whole movie is the Cullens recruiting more vampires to fight the Volturi. One of the other big things at the beginning of the movie is that Bella has to, like, let Charlie go. Or that's what they're setting up is, Bella, we have to tell him that you didn't make it. That you're still, you know, you are still sick and you died. And Jacob's like... No, because then you guys are going to leave and then I'll be away from Renesme. And so instead of just like explaining himself and then showing Charlie who he really is, Jacob just starts stripping and is like saying really cryptic things. And Charlie's like, Jacob, put your clothes back on. Like Jacob needs to learn how to explain just in general. Jacob doesn't know how to explain himself he's so cryptic and then he just likes to like show you and like take off all his clothes and it's like jacob come on buddy yeah because 
it's like it, it, obviously this scene was like played for humor a little bit, but it's straight up like Jacob is taking off his shirt while being like, just watch. Hold on. I'll show you. Just wait a minute. Just watch. And he says like four cryptic, like hold on phrases. And I'm like, buddy, just do it. All right. You don't need to be in your, uh, you've torn clothes for so much less than this. Yeah. So, uh, and then it's the way Jacob tells him is like, I didn't tell him that you were vampires, only that I was a werewolf. And I'm like, then what was the point? Then what was the point? Like, if you're going to betray the Cullens, at least do it. Don't, like, act like you're going to and then only betray yourself. Like, go full hog. I think desensitization tactic to be like, Charlie, you're living in a different world than you think you are. There are things that cannot be explained. And so that was why he was somewhat okay with Bella being like, some things are just on a need-to-know basis, and you don't need to know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that makes sense. I just thought it was weird how... I, I just thought it was weird, overall. Um, and Charlie, cool with it, I guess. As cool as he can be with the information he has. Yeah. Uh, th- th- now we begin the whole recruiting process. It's a bu- It's literally... A, recruitment movie it's you know the cullens going to different places and saying hey do you want to join our cause some people say yes some people say no one of the people that says yes remy malik didn't know remy malik was in this movie so that one caught me off guard and he also like he plays like this very hipster-esque character you know lots of scarves a long sleeve shirt with a vest. I'm pretty sure he was drinking an IPA. Very like, 2011. Very 2011. Um, and some vampires have like, yes, I want to tear the Volturi from the inside out. And some vampires are like, I will help you talk to the Volturi, but I will not fight them. And then... While this is all happening, Bella finds out that the reason why Edward can't read her mind and why the Volturi couldn't affect her is because Bella's superpower, which I guess she had before she was a vampire, was she has a defensive power called, get this, a shield. (laughs) And, you know, they spend a few minutes training her on that power. Um, the sisters of Laurent's widow joins the Cullens to fight the Volturi and like they're the ones that help her train that one of the sisters has this really cool like electric touch power that she's able to shield against and then she's able to project the shield which is also cool um oh yeah 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 there's just like <laughs> Just Alice and Jasper just yeet themselves out of the movie for a while because, you know, the Volturi want Alice's power. So they're like, we'll kill the kid and kidnap Alice while we're at it or like turn Alice while we're at it. And so her and Jasper just leave. And I'm like, okay, bye, I guess. And there's also like this weird subplot where 
Bella goes to meet the dude from Suits and he gives her passports for Jacob and Renezme, but they never end up getting used. So I'm like, cool, we could have cut this. Well, it was just in case things went wrong. Jacob and Renezme would run away and go live other lives while Bella and Edward were probably dead. Yeah, and like, again, it's one of those things that makes sense on paper, but in execution just felt like fluff or the buildup to something that was cut and in and of itself should have been cut. It was much better in the book. I bet it was. Um, so now we're like rearing up to the fight scene and just answer me this quick, quick question. Do the vampires... Do vampires, just by nature, have specifically super hearing? Yes. Okay. That's good to know. Because Aro and Carlisle have this dialogue with each other from a football field's length away from each other. (laughs) And they are speaking at a normal volume. It's literally just like, I won't turn us over to the Volturi. I'm going to stand by my family. That's the volume he speaks at. And I, I don't know. This is where the, this is where the movie gets a little uh, cartoony. And, um, uh, you know, surprise, surprise, the Volturi aren't swayed by words. Um, and so Alice and Jasper, who have been gone this whole movie swoop in at the last second and so, and Alice is like, wait, wait, I have a vision to show you. And so Alice basically, Aro has a power that like where he can sense what's going on in people's minds. And basically Alice shows Aro a vision using his power and is like, oh, no matter what I show you, you're not going to change your mind. So we may as well get this fight over with. And then there's this like really cool, really epic 10 minute fight scene where the wolves are attacking vampires. Heads are getting ripped off left and right. Bella's shielding everyone she can. The ground gets ripped out from under them. There's literally like Remy Malik causes a seismic event. There's major character death after major character death. Like all my favorite characters were dying in this fight scene. And um, Jane ends up dying and Aro ends up dying. But, you know, in the end, the Volturi, like, kind of get what they want. And then (laughs) it cuts back to the vision that Alice was showing Aro. That whole fight scene was... The vision. And again, this is one of those things where the concept is so cool, but I have never felt so emotionally neutered in my entire life. I'm like, this is the one time I'm excited to see what happens in this movie. And it pulls the rug out from under me, rolls the rug up, and then beats me with it. record his reaction to this scene. So that is something that you all 
can watch. Yeah, if you want to watch 15 minutes of me watching Twilight, um, it'll be on the Permanent Handle YouTube channel. If I remember, I'll link it in the description. Um, You can see me react to major character deaths. And if this little segment here hasn't uh, just given you a general taste of what my reaction to the overall scene is, uh, (laughs) you uh, should go check that out. Um, and then after that, this movie just kind of ends. Yeah, it, it kind of just, just like, okay, Bella's gonna let Edward into her mind, finally, and that's it. Everything is happy go lucky. Everybody goes home. Yeah, nobody so gets, like, okay. Yeah, nobody gets, like, real like oh, resolutions oh, oh. what what happens is alice is like that's what your future is if you continue on this path tomorrow and then she's like but i have a witness myself and they break forward another half human half vampire which proves that renesme isn't gonna die all of a sudden and that she'll be okay in society yeah as like oh that's convenient that's cool i guess and aro's like huh there's one other example good enough for me i guess (laughs) uh it's like all right i guess we'll just turn around and go and that's and and that's what they do they just leave and so i'm like so we just didn't solve any problems here today the Vulturi are still a menace to the vampire society. The, Renesme is still probably going to be like, you know, despised by a lot of her vampire brethren. Okay, I guess. And yeah, like you said, like all the rest of the Cullen family, like everybody that had sided with them, we don't really get a resolution on them either. They just go home and... That's and like you said, like Edward is led into Bella's mind, and the movie fades to black. No characters get good resolutions. No, like the story doesn't feel complete. I'm just like, I feel like we're missing another movie. <laughs> I will say that this movie started the trend of every twenty-something-year-old bride walking down the aisle to Christina Perry, which, like, fair. Fair. Could be worse. It's a good one. It's a good one, I guess. Yeah. But we all know it's from Twilight. We all know why you're walking down to this. Oh, you speaking Edward people. Speaking of soundtracks, apparently Paramore did a song for the first movie. I didn't notice it in the soundtrack. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try to listen for a Paramore song. And like I just didn't hear it. So yeah, that's Twilight, the Breaking Dawn, the break. <sighs> this this franchise has fried my this franchise fried my brain more than the Fast and Furious did. Um, I'm gonna give Breaking Dawn Part Two. I think I also have to give this movie a flat four. These last two movies were just like, what they were nothing. Okay, I'm gonna give this one. 
have five because I like this one. You know, even though it did end up just being a vision, that final fight scene in this movie was done so well, and I think it was the most intense scene, like fight scene in the entire franchise. And my partner was watching this with me, and he was like, "This is the most violent the entire franchise has been." Like. All of a sudden. Oh, yeah. They're ripping heads off left and right. I Yeah. And I just want to say, what does it say about this franchise where you have to defend a movie by giving it a five rather than a four? <laughs> um, do you want to give this franchise like as a whole a rating? Because I'm going to give this a flat five. The, the entirety of Twilight is a flat five. There are lots of good moments. However, the bad moments outweigh it by, unfortunately, a metric ton. Uh, six just for the book's sake. <laughs> okay. A six for the book's sake. Okay. Um, I think that this at the beginning of this podcast, we posed the question, is this good? Is this bad? Or should it remain a guilty pleasure? I'm going to say that this sits comfortably in the guilty pleasure category. Because there's lots of bad things about it, but if you like the good things, I'm not going to harsh on you for that. I agree. I agree, definitely. It just, it just is. It just it's is. It's a thing. And like, I don't know if it deserves to get memed on like so aggressively, but I understand why people do. <laughs> I've just been sending Craig all the Twilight memes during this. Hey, no, let me read you the meme that I was sent today at, let's be clear, three in the morning. It says, and I quote, if Edward's dick kills me, do not prosecute him. He caught me slipping. That's on me. Bella's speaking to Jacob, by the way, outside the wedding. So this is what I've been putting up with for the last week and a half. I say putting up with. This has been uh, fantastic and a fun ride. Um, <laughs> all right. That's going to wrap up our conversation about the Twilight Saga. Um, next month. <laughs> <laughs> so next month we're watching the Tinkerbell movies, <laughs> which I'm laughing while I, while I say it. I'm so very excited about this. There are six movies that we're going to watch. And I know I say six movies and you're frightened because that sounds like a lot of content. Each one of these movies is 80 minutes max. (laughs) So despite being one more movie than Twilight, it is two thirds the length overall. Um, The specific titles that we're going to be watching. uh, I'm pretty sure they're all on Disney. They are all on Disney plus because this is where I pulled this list. Uh, Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell and the Lost Treasure, Tinkerbell and the Great Fairy Rescue, Tinkerbell and the Secret of the Wings, didn't know there was a secret, uh, Tinkerbell and the Legend of the Never Beast, and then there seems to be a spinoff movie called The Pirate Fairy, and we're going to watch that too. So I'm very excited about that. I'm ecstatic. Tinkerbell is me. Yeah, very much so. Um. Uh, on our way out, Bug, do you have anything that you want to plug? Um, should I? Is there something I should plug? Do you want people to follow you on Twitter? Oh, yeah. Uh, everybody can follow my Twitter at 
Yeah, and I'll link it in the description, probably. Or I'll, I'll at least leave the at in the description. Excuse me while I choke on not having water. <laughs> um, I also want to give a big shout out to Bug for powering through quite possibly the worst stomach flu I've ever seen in a human being uh, to get this recording done tonight. Um, super, super big props. Uh, overall... Uh, but yeah, so th- that that was our first episode of Small and Tall. Thank you very much for listening. Um, you can follow me at Permanent Handle if you want, but it, you probably, sure, I don't care. <laughs> um, Thanks for listening to the first episode of Small and Tall. We'll see you next month with the Tinkerbell franchise. And as always, have fun, be safe, and make good choices. Hell yeah.